Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we chat to 2018 European Ryder Cup captain Thomas Bjorn on the Golf National, playing senior golf and his role with the European Tour. Hi guys, this is Ben Wiesberger and welcome to the Golf Monthly Podcast. The Clubhouse is brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf, trusted by seven winners worldwide last week, including Titleist brand ambassador Bernd Wiesberger. For more information on the number one ball in golf, head to titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name is Tom Clark and I'm joined as ever by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hello, Tom. Yeah, good, thanks. Had a couple of days off last week. Then we had a bank holiday in the UK over here. So, um, yeah, been a, a good stretch away from the office and now just reacquainted myself with work. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, I'm I'm really similar. I'm, I'm slightly sunburnt, I'll be honest with you. I spent three days pretty much in the sun over the weekend, which was very nice. But um, I did put sun cream on, but obviously not enough. So uh, but it was nice to have some nice weather finally after quite a cold and wet couple of weeks. And uh, you played a bit of golf, didn't you? Yeah, played on Thursday for my girlfriend's birthday. It was her first time on an 18-hole course, which she found stressful but enjoyable, I think. Uh, then we played again on Friday at Whittlebury Park, which is just opposite Silverstone. Uh, and that's a really nice place, actually. Um, yeah, a couple of lovely golf courses, some really nice countryside views. And um, the back nine there, which I think is the Whittlebury course or something like that, is, um, yeah, really good and, and some great holes. And then was in Oxford for the weekend as well. So, yeah, that was good. And my highlight from Oxford, I would say, is watching the punters who, who are going down the river and... Uh, I think some of them had had a few too many drinks and, it, yeah, it was just absolute carnage. People spinning around in circles, going into the banks of the river uh, and, yeah, just absolutely hilarious. I'd recommend that if, if anybody goes. That sounds quite entertaining to most of you. So how did your girlfriend find her first round of golf? Did she? What was her highlight? Was there a, a highlight from the round that you can remember? Yeah, she got it over the water on the 13th at my home course, which is a par three downhill Hit a lovely shot there. Unfortunately, she's three-putted for bogey. Um, but then the next day at Whittlebury, she hit the green with a driver on a par three and made a par. So Brilliant. Oh, that's awesome news. That's great. That's fantastic, isn't it? Straight away, they're, they're things to tick off your list, aren't they? Whenever you've started playing golf, things like that are um, are great to tick off. You know, yeah. And, like, and things like that. Yeah, we um, we played loads of pitch and putts together in like nine holes here and there. And, Basically, she's sort of been four or five putting every green, whereas this time she was like three putting every green. So, uh, yeah, it's like those little improvements that you see in beginner golfers, which is, um, yeah, good to see. And it does make you realise just how difficult the game is. And um, even like the etiquette and stuff and like where to stand and, oh, you've got to come help us look for our ball now or or this and that. So <laughs> there's just so much to learn about the game, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And it's you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Otherwise, you never get into it. So, um, no, that's really great. Good to hear. Positivity straight yeah. away. Did you play cricket? I did play cricket on Saturday and we won. We won three out of four matches to start our season, which is really good. My club, we won 
five teams were playing on Saturday. They all five of them won, which is a very rare occurrence. So uh, that was uh, very good. So we celebrated uh, enthusiastically afterwards, I think is the right way of putting it. Um, yeah, it was good. I had a nice weekend. Also went to a pub on Sunday. I just haven't been to the pub properly for a long time. So I went to a nice pub. Yeah, it's good. And organised a 2020 tournament on Monday, which meant I had to be there all day. Um, that's why I'm sunburnt, I think. So, uh, so no golf then? No golf, unfortunately. No golf. Well, I'm hoping I might be able to, to actually fit some in. So it's half term this week, so I might try and take uh, the boy to the driving range if possible, because he enjoyed <laughs> it last time. So um, we'll wait and see. But he's a bit hot. So, um, I'm, I'm always moaning. I was moaning when it's too wet. Now I'm moaning it's too hot. But um, yeah, I've got a bit. I've got a few golf things coming up, so they should be they should be good to uh, good to have. Oh, nice. I'm actually going to the Abbey Hotel this weekend for a golf weekend. I think that's just south of Birmingham and Redditch. I've never been there, but uh, yeah, that should be a laugh. I'm in charge of the uh, the tournament, I guess. So we've got VPAR, which we've used on the mm-hmm. Golf Monthly team, and I've got to try and set set up two days worth of tournaments, like live scoring. So. Um, you're gonna be so stressed by that <laughs> yeah I, <know. laughs> I did uh i deal, deal with a couple of golf weekends over the year and we managed to get to the wiltshire hotel last september just before lockdown we were just on the edge of it and we used vpar and things like that because we had to be careful with social distancing and all that and um it worked well to a point it's, if everybody if everybody's on board with it then great but there's always a few people who start going, oh, I hate technology. Uh, so, yeah, you need to have one person in each group, I think, at least with it on, and then you're, and then you're sorted, because then they can put everyone's score on, mate, basically. So, something, there you go. There's a, there's a hint for you. Yeah, I do love VPAR. The, the, um, not that we're giving free ads here, but, yeah, the uh, the leaderboards we do on our live trips together are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Are you? I'm always saying, like, can I beat anybody? <laughs> Who, who can I? Who can I stop? Yeah, who can get the wooden spoon instead of me? But never mind. Um, cool. Well, lots of golf happening. I'm sure lots of people have been enjoying the weather and playing golf. But before we start talking about the tournament golf, which there was obviously a bit of at the weekend, we're going to hear from Thomas Bjorn. Uh, Elliot caught up with him a couple of weeks ago to discuss his winning Ryder Cup captain memories, his new life on the senior tour, and much, much more. So here is Elliot chatting to Thomas Bjorn. Hi, Thomas Bjorn. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Firstly, where are you joining us from? I'm actually at home at the moment, which is, uh, I was in the States for quite a while. So I've been, I'm home for for a little bit here before I head off to Denmark to play next week, which would be quite uh, quite nice to get back to my my home nation and, and try and, and play in that tournament. It was a uh, it was a long year yet last year with cancellation of tournaments and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean it's just nice to be back playing golf in it and, and actually seeing that schedules are now starting to hold up. Uh, last year it was all very disrupted and and you know, tournaments got cancelled left, right and centre. Now it looks like at least most people that are working on tournaments think that the tournaments are gonna go ahead and and certainly the UK is starting to look a lot better and a lot easier. But travel is still is still our big challenge, I guess. Yeah, it looks a nightmare with all the forms you've got to fill in and all the tests you've got to do. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like I, I came back from the States and I you know, I've obviously you end up travelling quite a bit and yeah, it is 
it's tricky at times uh, dealing with with the government's requirements, but the tour has really, you know, worked extremely hard on getting uh, a system set up that makes it a lot easier for us. Uh, makes it a lot easier for us to get our testing done. Um, there's a lot of people there that deserves uh, a lot of applaud for how they how hard they worked and how they made it happen for uh, for golf to be able to continue. It really is a, a remarkable performance. And I, I see it in the States as well. That's not only in, in Europe. And Europe it has been fantastic, but you see it in the States as well. There's, there's a lot of people that, uh, that deserves a lot of applaud that, that golf has continued being played. That's for sure. Yeah. So do you live in London? I do live in London, yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah, we kind of feel of you as a, a bit of an honorary Brit. I remember last year I saw you say how proud of this country you were when you saw the NHS clap and stuff. And um, yeah, like what's your relationship with this country and Britain and sort of being an honorary Brit, would you say? Yeah, well, I live here. Uh, I moved to uh, London the first time in 90 end of 98 maybe 99 and uh, i was away for a few years but not many like maybe five years i was away uh, but other than that i lived here so you know i lived here most of my adult life so yeah i, I love living uh, i love living in london i love living in britain i know more about living here than i certainly do about living in in denmark you know and that's uh so yeah it, it's a great um it's been great for me, like uh, with travel and and you know being part of the tour. So yeah, and an honorary Brit is nice. And when somebody says that, that I'm kind of get a, uh, adopted into that sometimes, and I, and I feel like that at times. You know, I feel like London is my home, uh, and that that's the place I do feel at home. It'd probably be difficult for me to 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 leave in a way where I would uh, where I wouldn't have anything in London that's for sure brilliant yeah the weather can't be much better than Denmark though it's been, it's been awful lately yeah so it's not been the best of springs but uh, it's going to come back to us in the summer it's going to be nice let's hope anyway <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah we need to talk about the Ryder Cup uh, two and a half years on from the Golf National um, what are like your overriding memories from that week. Uh, great camaraderie, a team of players that wanted to achieve something like they, they, they came in on a mission. They were, they were easy to, you know, they were, an, they were an easy group. There was a lot of hard work that went, went into the preparations of it. Uh, but the week itself was very easy. We had an, we had a really, really good time together as a group. Um, and yes, yeah, so I look back at it you, you, for me, it's always it's the moments you have as a team together that that are the big are the big things that you take away with you. Like I, what people see from the outside, obviously, with all the with all the excitement that goes on on the golf course. I mean, that's brilliant, and it's it's great to um, as a as a spectacle. But for as a as a captain and be part of that team where where you get things to work and you you have a you have those moments together that uh, that you kind of yeah you look back at and think well this was uh, they were nice moments they were nice things to do together so 
yeah, I, I that's the that's the most that's the thing that stands out for me the most. Those twelve, how they how they worked together and and made it a very easy week for for everyone that was involved with the team. Yeah, you must sort of have those moments like I don't know every day or or every couple of days. We're just like, wow, cool. I, I was the uh, the winning Ryder Cup captain. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I don't know if you think about it that much. You obviously think about it at, at times. Like you get, a, you you have a lot of conversations where it comes up, and uh, and then then you kind of have all those. There's an influx of memories and and feelings that comes with it. But you know, golf world moves on, and uh, and you look back. You know, there's been a lot of successful Ryder Cup captains over the year. Now over the years, and now it's all about supporting Podrick and and that team that's going to. To whistling straights, you know, that it's all about them now, and uh, so, and that's the way it should be. It's, uh, it's, but it's a nice thing to have done, and it's a nice thing to have been successful with doing it. And we, you know, we, we had a remarkable week that will always live with us. It's certainly, it's certainly from golfing memories. It's, 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 it's right up there with the best golfing memories I have in in my whole life. That's for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, to your your golf career, you you turned fifty in February. Uh, now you're going to take on the senior tour. Are you excited about that? Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing that because when you're twenty eight, you're like you're never going to play seniors golf. There's no chance you're going to ever do that. And you you kind of in your thirties, you're chasing chasing a dream of winning the biggest events, and and it's not something that's in in your mind. And and you have no kind of like wanting to do it uh, and then all of a sudden you get in your mid-40s and you kind of the game leaves you a little bit and certainly leaves you compared to to the talent that's coming through and the, all the young players and you kind of start finding golf quite difficult for a few years there and, and and so many people have gone through that and then all of a sudden you're 50 and you go and play golf uh, and I go out went and I played my first one in my first tournament in Houston. I played with Langer and Langer and Goosen, and you're like, yeah, you know, those two are very successful on the on the Champions Tour, and and yeah, you know, I can certainly play with them, uh, and it, it so it gives you a little bit of that. Oh well, here's a there's actually a a life to live and golf tournaments to play in that you'll enjoy because it's really really difficult to play with the youngsters i mean they're they're so good and they they hit it so far and it's just a it's a different game and i think that's more the thing i don't think i think a lot of uh, older golfers in their mid 40s uh, you know their golf hasn't changed that much but the game is so different in 2021 than it was in in the year 2000 it's just a completely different approach to playing the game and so even though you you know, I look at golf course and I think, can I shoot the numbers that they do? I probably can, but I just think your frame of mind is so different. So get on the seniors tour and play with people that play the same style of golf that you do, and then also the people you've grown up with. I mean, it's it's not so much actually meeting Langer or Goose and you know people that I still see here and there uh, in places, but bumping into a lot of the American players that. You know, I played with for years and years, but I hadn't seen them probably 10, 12 years. You know, your Bob Estes and your, you know, Paul Goidos and people like that. 
I haven't seen them in years, but I used to play a lot of golf with them, and it's just nice to to meet, see those guys again, and see that they are they are still going and uh, and enjoying themselves. So playing senior golf becomes very enjoyable, I think, for 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 what it is. I mean, you you should never take away focus from the real thing, and that's what ha- is happening this week at the PGA Championship. It's what's happening, you know, the big tournaments. That's the real thing, and that's what it should be about. But that's the great thing about golf. You can still have competition. You can still have something that's enjoyable for the people that participate and also to watch when you when you've got seniors golf. I, I very much enjoyed it as it's uh, it's one of those things. I, I was one of those as Sergi said, I'll never play seniors golf. I'll be uh, no chance. I'll uh, be retired by then. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. So in a sense, you got your confidence back and you're feeling like a young rookie again. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, I certainly feel like my mindset changed. Uh, and then I went I went and played at the Belfry after I had played in Houston. And my mindset was definitely different at the Belfry than it, it's been for a while on the main tour. So all of a sudden I felt like I felt like a different golfer. Uh, and that's that's quite a, that's quite a nice thing that you all of a sudden get that you start recognizing yourself as a person. I think that's one of the things you lose, like when you when you've been somewhat successful and then all of a sudden you're not playing well for a long time, you just don't recognize the person that you are on the golf course because I used to be very competitive, very on edge, like very driven on the golf course, very hard on myself. And for the last few years, it becomes a bit more, oh, well, here we go again, another bogey and it doesn't really, you know, nothing changes and you're kind of just going through the motions of, of off the round of golf and then it's over and then more often than not you pack your bags on on Friday evening and you go home and, and you're not you're not that bothered. Uh, you know, it's like, oh well, you know, and and all of a sudden making the cut becomes like almost a success story for you instead of you know, and when you were a person in your fifteen years ago that the only thing that mattered to you was winning. You had absolutely no desire to finish second or third or fifth or whatever. It was all about winning. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, if you make a cut, it's almost a, a success story and people are surprised that you're not going home for the weekend. That person you don't recognize, that's a person that, and you, you kind of, so that drives you towards those kind of thoughts of, well, maybe I should give up. Maybe I should stop playing. But the kind of outlook of, well, let's just see what it's like when you're 50 and you get to play a few seniors events. And then that gives you, oh, I recognize that person. I recognize that this person feels like he can compete again. This person feels like if I get all my ducks in order, yeah, I could probably win golf tournaments on that uh, on the seniors tour uh, without without the biggest of problems. Well, that's that's the person that you've been all your life. You know, that's the junior that won junior events. That's the amateur that won amateur events. That's the, the young professional that won professional golf tournaments. That's the person you've been all your life, but that he's just disappeared with in his forties with uh, quite a lot of other things going on. And so you start knowing yourself and then you'll see where that goes. And if you have to drive it, like the one thing that I will say about seniors and certainly in America is that, they work a lot harder than I thought they did. Uh, that that that's the one thing I, that stands out. I mean, they're not scared of hitting a, a standing on a driving range hitting a golf ball. That's quite remarkable. Um, so, 
you still got to do the work. You know, it's not just you pitch up and you play a bit of golf and it's all a bit of laugh and 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 fun. No, they 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 take it serious, and and that's uh that's the thing that you got to drive your, uh, yourself to that do the work. And I, I'm quite looking forward to coming out on the European seniors tour and seeing all those guys again. You know, that's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, they, they were part of forming me as a professional golfer, you know, seeing your, you know, Mark Moulins and Barry Lanes and people like that. They, they were part of my, me growing up on tour and they were, you know, they were the ones that, kept you in place and, and, and where you checks and balances for, for how you behaved and what you did as a player, you know, all the great players. Yes. They, they were, they were the people you saw, uh, looked up to, but these were the guys that you saw in the hotel lobby, you had a drink with, or you, you had a dinner with, and, you know, they were part of forming you as a professional golfer. And that's quite a, you know, it'd be quite nice to see them again. It'd be quite nice to spend some time with them again, uh, because, you know, for the last, for the last 10 years, I feel like I've been in, you know, an old man court in a kindergarten sometimes, you know, and, and because it's just full of, of young kids that are extremely talented and fantastic golfers. But, you know, there's kids on tours that's younger than my, than my oldest child, you know, and that, that's, that sometimes is quite difficult to, to kind of live in that world week in, week out. So you, you, it'd be nice to, to see some of those people that you've got maybe a little bit more in common with. Yeah, that's fascinating. Does that make you sort of respect uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez even more? <laughs> he won at 50 years and 133 days, it says here, at the Spanish Open in 2014. Yeah, it does. I like, but, but I can see how it happens. You know, I could see that when Miguel went uh, and he won in uh, that senior event in Atlanta, uh, his first uh, outing on that Champions Tour, he wins that event and he goes on to get some confidence and and then is very successful on the on the Champions Tour for the for the first part he played. I can see how he then comes back, you know, and plays a golf course that might not be the longest or the most uh, challenging from a length perspective. I can see how he wins because yeah. he's still a fantastic golfer. You know, that, that, that doesn't, you know, I can see how these things, because it goes back to golf is about confidence. Golf is about your executing your own ability and not, and I think you get caught up in that today with, with the way the game is played for some of them today. You, you try and almost become something that you are not. So you end up trying to hit it harder. You try to, you know, you, you try to hit a hard eight iron instead of a soft seven iron. And, and, you know, and that's not the way we grew up playing golf in the nineties and, and, and big part into the, to the millennium. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't hit the ball hard. We always took the speed off, Well, these kids, they just, there's just one, one button and that's full out, you know, hit it as hard as you can. And then off you go. And that's not a criticism. That's just the way the game has gone. And that's the way they grow up in amateur golf, college. You know, they grow up with playing that type of style of golf. Um, and that's just where the game is. So it's difficult. It's just difficult to keep up. Uh, so there's definitely a, a space for seniors golf in the world for, you know, for, because it's just a different kind of golf. And, and you can play golf courses, uh, 
uh, you can play golf courses on the seniors tour that might not be uh, like these these top players today. They'll they they would probably take them apart, you know, a little bit too much for for it to be actually fun to watch. Um, so, so that's. Um, like I look forward to like we play, you know, playing the seniors open at Sunningdale. It's like what a great, you know, what a one of the great courses in the UK uh, with a lot of history. What a, always a wonderful place to to go to, but it'd probably be difficult to host a, a tournament there for the main tour today on on the old course around Sunningdale because if you get good weather and you get a little bit, you know, they. They might take it apart, but playing a seniors open there is going to be a, a fantastic challenge for 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 those players, and a lot of people will enjoy coming out to watch that. Yeah, uh, yeah, fascinating. So, uh, yeah, you're making your European Senior Tour debut, or the Legends Tour, should I say, uh, down in Chavos next month. Um, like you're saying, with with the guys that you used to play with, Ian Wisnam, Paul Laurie. Mark McNulty, Yamo Sandlin, John Vandervelde, all those kind of guys. Uh, you you must be really excited for that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And what a place to do it as well, uh, in Trevose. Can you? I, I, I never thought I'd go to Trevose to play golf. I'll go to Trevose for a lot of things, but I wouldn't go to Trevose to play golf, I didn't think. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Um, that'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be uh, it's something that, you know, and they, yeah, it just goes back to exactly what you say there. You know, seeing all those people that, you know, they were the tour, you know, for all those years. Uh, you know, at, at some stage you stood across for them, uh, having a battle with them in a golf tournament. And at some stage you've sitting, been sitting at a dinner table with them having dinner or sitting with them having a drink. You know, that's, that's all those days, hardly anyone that will be playing down there that you haven't had. Uh, your past cross with at some stage in 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 a golfing sense, and that that'd be nice to go back to those people because I most weeks end up playing with people that I, I mean, I don't know, I know who they are by name, but I I couldn't put always put a face on who they are, you know, and that and I'm pretty knowledgeable about the European Tour. I was, I was sitting on the tournament committee for 15 years. I sit on the board. I'm. I'm quite knowledgeable about our players, but it's just there's been such a big turnover of players over the last few years, and and there's just such so much great young talent coming through. But it's difficult to keep up as you try and you know look after your own golf and look, you know I travel a lot and and I'm away a lot, and you come back and you see the draw and you're like, okay. I've heard the names, but I'm not quite sure who it is. And then you get to know them. And, you know, they are, it's, it's a great, the European tour is a great place to be. You know, it, 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 it really is. But we, we are at that stage right now where we've got so many good players, so much great talent, but we need kind of like, it's just going through a generational change. So they, they need a little bit of time becoming serial winners and, you know, so people, so they become household names. We, we've been through a very strong period with uh, with some guys that's been there for a long time in your you know, Polters, Casey's, Rose, Garcia's. You know, they've been there for a long, long time. Been wonderful players for a long time. Now we just, now we we got a new generation of players that's just got to 
you know, they just got to get their foothold a little bit and, and, and people got to get to know them uh, a little bit better than they do at the moment. But everybody goes through that. The PGA Tour goes through that at times as well. You know, they, they, they lived a long time on your Tiger and Phil. Uh, and then all of a sudden now they have to, you know, you've got to get used to your Morikawas and your, you know, all those John Rams and they, they, you got to get, they got to become household names. They're not, they're getting close, but they, they're still, you know, you'd like to see them win a little bit more, compete a little bit more, you know, have a bit bigger profile. And then that becomes the world of golf. But golf goes through these stages sometimes where they need to, they need a little bit of a few things to, to change. And, and I think it's in a, it's in a changing period, but it's in a great, it's in a great place. I mean, golf is, if, if there's a sport that has had, uh, that's triumphed through this horrible time that we've gone through, golf is, a, is, is certainly one of them that, you know, there's, there's more people playing golf and there's, uh, not that we probably all would have been, loved to have been without what we've been through for the last 18 months. But golf has kind of, Got a new life, uh, and and there's a lot more people participating, and and uh, hopefully it, they'll stay within the game um, when we are completely out on the other side of this. Yeah. So with your role at the European Tour, I assume that you're very much against this new Premier Golf League proposal. Just wondering what your thoughts of that are. Well, I, I I look at it, I go, you know, I I sit on the board of directors of the European Tour, and I I've been for uh, been involved in the tour for so many years, and I just think that golf is in a good place. I think it's a it's in a healthy place. It's in a uh, it's developing well. I think there's a an alliance that's going on between the European Tour and the PGA Tour it will be good for the game of golf. I think the majors are sitting lovely at the moment they're, they're growing their product they are they're looking very strong as tournaments and so i i think when you say you know a new product it's, it's just difficult for me to uh to see how it's going to fit into the game the pga tour is a very very strong tour and there's there's a lot of upsides for the players to play on the PGA Tour. The European Tour is healthy. Uh, we, you know, have suffered uh, uh, clearly a lot more than the PGA Tour through COVID because of our different nationalities and different restrictions. It's going to take us a longer time to to get in the clear. Where in America, it's one nation, and as soon as they go, okay, we're often running, which they have done pretty much now. Uh, they're allowing fans back. So they, they have, you know, it's an easier turnaround for them once they get going. Not that they haven't suffered, but now the turnaround is there. They can, they, it's much easier to press the button to get going. And I just think, I, I find it is extremely difficult to see what's wrong with the game at the moment. And, and making big changes to the way the game is when, when there's not, when it's not broken. I just find that, I find it great. I just don't see. I just don't see it. Uh, I, and I think, you know, if if you've got to learn anything from football, you know, you've got to learn that 
when something is not broken, there's no need to change it. And that's certainly what you learn from the very quickly from the the fans within football uh, that. Why are you trying to change something that has so much history and so much good about it? Uh, and I think that's the same for golf. Golf has so many good things going for it. Why are we trying to change it? That, that I don't understand that. And and I, you know, I don't. Uh, I think there's a lot of good intentions in trying to do it. Like I, I think there's a lot of like ideas. And I, I'm the I'm the first one to say I give me ideas. Like give put ideas on the table, thousands of them. You can always better your product. You can always do something better. You can always improve the things that you're doing. And so put ideas on the table. But sometimes ideas are good and sometimes they're not so good. And I think there's there's elements of trying to do something different than just playing 72-hole stroke play tournaments all the time. I definitely think there's some merit in that. But I just think the PGA Tour and the European Tour and the Asian Tour, you know, they 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 stand for things, a history, a protection of the professional game. They stand for so many good things. And I just don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that there's any necessity to change it. So, so why are we trying to do that? Instead of saying, okay, what we got, yes, we can make it better. We can make it more appealing. Well, that's, that's down to the tours to do um, with the help of the players. So I, I'm just surprised that uh, that these are the conversations that are going on at the moment. I, I really am because I think if everybody pulled together and, and went in the same direction, golf could be so much more than it is. But it's still already great, and that that's that's where I look at it. Um, but I have a lot of belief in Jay Monahan and Keith Pelly. I really do. I, I think uh, I think Jay is uh, a fantastic operator. Uh, the PJ Tour is extremely strong. I think Keith has made some big changes to the structure of the European Tour. I think that he has he's financially put the European Tour in a very strong position. And uh, and so and certainly through the last eighteen months, uh, I am absolutely delighted that he's the man that's been in charge of the European Tour because he's carried the tour, the staff, uh, our players through the high, uh, most difficult time we've had in, in such a good way and, and kept the players playing. Um, and those two together, you know, they get on very well. Uh, they work very closely together now in this new alliance. And, and they have a lot of ideas of how we can make the product better. Um, but they need that needs a bit of time. It needs a bit of you know working through, and and they deserve that time. The two of them, I, I think they are they're really the right people at the right time for the game for the professional game of golf. Yeah, and on that, how important do you think Rory McIlroy is as sort of a, a spokesman for the game? He's um, the pack chairman, isn't he, on the PGA Tour? He's obviously got such a good relationship with the European Tour. And he's he's called it a cash grab. He said, "I'm not going," and and surely that means that all of his peers will will stay with him because everyone wants to play. Yeah, but I, well, I think Rory, like I think the players have to make their own mind of what they want to do. Like I think it's very important that the players remain independent contractors in what they do, and they can make their own mind. And some people will be attracted, and some people won't be attracted. Rory's made it very clear that he's not attracted by it, and that's you know, and that's. Where I said I I like 
that's I like hearing that. I like that he's taking a stand that the, he believes the PGA Tour uh, and the European Tour are on the right track uh, with what they're doing, and he stands by that. And that's you know, that's his opinion. There's other people there. Eyes are turned, and and you know that that happens in every sport. And then it's up to the administrators of the sport to make sure that the that their tours are, are in a good enough position so that the players don't don't get their eyes turned. And 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 I I just think that Rory is Rory is a, he's taken on a role as uh, chairman of the pack in a, in America. And you know, kind of knowing a lot about what that what that entices. You know, I think that's there's a lot of credit that has to go to him because he's he's in he's in a place in his life where. You know, he's just had a had a baby. You know, he he's been ooming and ahhing a little bit in his golf. You know, it's it's not always gone according to plan. Uh, over the last few years, he's he's kind of and you know taking on another role. You know, that's definitely a distraction uh, there. But he's he feels a responsibility to the game uh, and to the PGA Tour uh, to sit there in that position at the moment, and that's nice to see. You know, I. I I always think that players should always, at some moment in time in their career, end up, you know, in that situation where they give back to the tour that they played on in whatever way it is, and that can be a political way, as chairman of the pack is, and or it can be in helping the tour develop their product, you know, and 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 I think that's nice to see when a top player takes takes that role and says, well, and this is, you know, it's, it's an uncertain time, but both tours are in, in a very strong place. And I, I think it's nice for the game of golf that he, he sits where he does. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Thomas, thanks for that. No worries. But yeah, thanks a lot for chatting. Um, good luck at Travos next month. I hope that you, you can get a win on the board, get some confidence and maybe break Miguel Angel Jimenez's uh, record. Well, that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pleasure, honestly. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you go. That was Elliot chatting to Thomas Bjorn, and he seemed in a very chipper mood, didn't he? Yeah, that was brilliant, and I, I really enjoyed that. I'm sure you guys listening will have enjoyed it too, because Thomas was in uh, great form, and I thought he was really honest and, and insightful there about those sort of years between 45 and 50 where um, – like you said, though, he, he was happy to make a cut and, and growing up, winning all those tournaments, like he kind of lost himself because he's a winner. Uh, he's won 15 times in the European Tour. He's the most successful Danish player of all time. And just to be making cuts, it is not what he got into golf for. So, yeah, that new lease of life he's got and the confidence playing on the Champions Tour in America. And then he's making his Legends Tour debut in June at down in Travose. I think it's, it's going to give him loads more confidence and we actually were chatting on the Friday of PGA week, so we didn't know Mickelson at 50 years old was, was going to win the PGA, so I'm sure he's got a lot of confidence from that as well. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a great chat, I thought. Yeah, it must be very tough for guys, you know, who've been so used to being so successful and winning to suddenly realise they're not quite as competitive as they were. And it is a bit tricky, isn't it, those years between 45 and 50 before they can actually really get on the tour, on the senior tours. So um, yeah, really good to hear from him. Excellent. I mean, he's done so much in the game, hasn't he, already? You know, he's been an amazing ambassador. So really, really good to uh, hear from him. 
Uh, so let's move over and let's talk about what happened on the Pro Tours at the weekend in America at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Jason Kokrak won his second PJ Tour title of the season and his career after the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in October. It took him 233 starts to win his first PJ Tour title and just 16 more to win his second. Kokrak held off home favourite Jordan Spieth at Colonial for a two-stroke victory. He's now up to a career-high 22nd in the world. And the 36-year-old is now 13th on the US Ryder Cup standings. And, wow, Jason Kokrak's 22nd in the world. I'm not sure he was on our radar at the start of the year, although he was having a pretty decent season last year as well, wasn't he? So um, he was he was impressive. I watched a lot of this, especially on Sunday. And um, the start of the round, there wasn't a lot of golf, a good golf happening, I'll be honest with you. Spieth and Kokrak were making a lot of mistakes. But Kokrak, probably maybe surprisingly, actually settled better. Uh, and Spieth just didn't have his A game, really, did he? No. Uh, yeah, well, it was a massive win for him last year at the CJ Cup. Uh, I think it was Xander Schofle who he sort of held off that week. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought of him as like the, the serial bottler, whereas like he was always up there and he never won. And like you said, there, it took him 233 starts to finally get a win. And now he's got two within the space of 16 starts. So um, yeah, he, he's uh, a late settler, you'd have to say. Looks comfortable winning. I mean, he, he said there uh, after the round that he didn't have his A game. And like you said, uh, there wasn't some amazing golf going on. But yeah, he got over the line, which is really impressive for a guy who basically spent his whole career not getting over the line. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's he, on it. yeah, no, I thought he was very good. He's he's one that's been on our radar for a while. Uh, he's always been featured in the betting tips quite a lot, I think, because he's he's been he's had quite a few top tens, but he just never seems to to get it done. You know, it's, he's he's one of those frustrating players. So, um, yeah, he's playing very well. If you look at his last ten starts, he's had. You know, this is now four top tens he's pretty much had, and including our win. You know, he's had top ten at the players as well. You know, he's he's done all right at some of the bigger tournaments as well. So, you know, fair play to Kokrak and, and good on him because I thought he actually played very solid. His his long game is very very impressive, isn't it? Um, he was very good. But Spieth, who you know, I Spieth's been playing very well. It's great to see again Spieth challenging um, for for a tournament. Uh, but he was just a little bit all over the place and he couldn't settle. Um, nothing seemed to be working for him. He couldn't hold any putts. I think that the way that he played 18 um, kind of showed that off because it's, it's all, you know, it's, there's, I think there's one shot going into it, going up the last, and he hits his second into the water, and that's game over. Uh, I think that kind of summed up his day, didn't it? Yeah, and he had all the home fans there as well in Texas. He's won the event before. Uh, I don't know if the pressure got to him or, or maybe he just... Uh, is starting to tail off now after what's been an incredible start to the year. Yeah, I think, well, let's, he's, he has had a fantastic year. He was 82nd in the world, I think it was, at the end of 2020. He's now 23rd in the world. He's just one behind Kokrak. And, you know, he's still playing very well. I, you look at him, we've just mentioned Kokrak's last 10 events. Um, Spieth is now finished 2nd, 30th, 9th, 3rd, 1st, 9th, 48th, 4th. 15th, 3rd, 4th, you know, he's in very good form, isn't he? Um, and, you know, you, you can't win every every week, that's the thing. You cannot w win every week. Someone in the end will maybe just play a bit better than you. But um, he's he's 
he's looking good, isn't he? He's looking like a, a very good player again. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if he'd be in the top 10 in the world in the next, well, the end of the, this year. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to make the Ryder Cup team again, isn't he? But uh, just to see him getting back to where he was in 2015 and 2016, 2017, I think it's going to be so difficult because since then we've had the likes of Morikawa, Hovland, um, turning pro. Then we've got Shoffle producing amazing stuff. Uh, Kepka's been winning majors since then. So he was kind of dominant back then, wasn't he? And I just, I can't see how that happens with uh, the weaknesses that he has in his game still and the strengths of many of his other competitors. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And we'll see. I mean, you've got the, uh, we've got the US Open only in a couple of weeks' time and, of course, the Open in July as well. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a push to see if he can win a major again this year. But I really wouldn't be surprised if he's challenging. I just think he's, he's just in that, in decent form at the moment. Um, other other names of note, just looking at the leaderboard, Ian Poulter had a very good week, finishing third. He was only um, four shots back from the, the winner in the end. Um, Poulter's been playing sneakily very well the last couple of months, hasn't he? Yeah, another player who's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Um, oh, oh, is that is that official? Oh, yeah, you can't leave him out. Uh Poulter and Garcia are 100% going to be picked if they're not making the team, surely. I think exactly. Harrington even said that, or hinted at it at least, at the PGA. <laughs> I, I think we'll we'll wait and see on that. I mean, that's he's had a couple of top 10s uh, this year. Um, the last week was his best result for a while. Um, you know, he only he didn't finish in the top five last year. So, um, you know, I think he's got a bit of work to do. But if he gets in form, let's face it, if he's in form and playing well, then you're going to have him in there, aren't you? Yeah, if he's like hitting the golf ball forward, you've got to have him in there. Unless he's completely lost his game. Um, when Poulter turns up at a Ryder Cup against the world number one, like he did in Paris last time out, he beat Dustin Johnson in singles. Um, he just gets this new lease of life, doesn't he? And, and the fact that he's finishing third on the PGA Tour, he had a good 30th last week at the PGA as well. It's showing really good signs, especially with the uh, the arguments going on with the US team at the moment. I think it's going to be a, a really good Ryder Cup for Europe. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. Porter will bring you probably some points, but also he, he'll bring a great leadership into the, the team room as well when he's got so much experience. And you can put him with... Rory, or you can put him with a rookie, you know, uh, he'll do his best for whoever he's playing with, because uh, he means so much to him. So, you know, it's going to be very hard to leave him out, but there's a lot of very good players, you know, vying for spots at the moment. So um, I think we'll have to wait and see how it, how it goes. But um, yeah, exciting. Not that long now to ride a cup. Getting there, isn't it? It's June now, it's end of September. So uh, can't wait for that. Um, and Talking of European stuff, we had a European Tour event as well at the weekend. Uh, the Maiden Himmeland, Bernd Wiesberger, who he's going to throw his hat into the ring to be in the European Ryder Cup team as well after this. He uh, successfully defended his Maiden Himmeland title. He shot a stunning 64 in the final round to win by five from Guido Migliosa, who recorded his second consecutive run-up finish and third of the year. Wiesberger is back inside the world's top 50 at bang on 50th and he's just two spots away from European Ryder Cup automatic qualifying positions and he's another person who's, who we need to talk about you know he we thought was going to make the team last time then he suffered a bad run of form didn't he and it just took him out of the out of the running really and it is these people we've got three months or so 
you know, who's going to have suddenly a big burst of big run of victories and wins? And Wiesberger being inside the top 50 means it opens doors up to pretty much any tournament he wants to play in as well. So he's one to look out for, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. He's um, very experienced. He is a massive winner. I think that was his eighth European Tour title, his first since 2019 when he had that incredible year winning the Danish tournament that we mentioned there and, and two Rolex Series events as well. He's always been on the cusp of the Ryder Cup, hasn't he? I remember he got injured in, in 2018 and he ended up working for Sky Germany at Le Golf National because he didn't make the team. And He's another one that I think has to make the team automatically when you look at the likes of Westwood, Rose, Poulter, Garcia that aren't probably going to qualify automatically. Uh, Wiesberg is somebody that probably needs to make it automatically and he's definitely got the ability to. So, um, yeah, the way he played was really, really special. I think at one point there were like eight or ten people on 12 under and he was 15 under. So you thought somebody from that pack or at least two people were going to make a charge. Uh, Guido was one of those. He finished at 16 under, I think. And Wiesberg just made birdie after birdie after birdie. Uh, didn't show any signs of pressure. So, yeah, a really good win for him there. Yeah, and having looked at these results, he's he's been probably a little bit unlucky. He, he seems to always win in odd-numbered years. So he hasn't won in an even number year since 2012. And then every other even number year, which is also usually when the Ryder Cup's on, he hasn't won an event. And he's at, but he has won events in the odd numbers years. It's just one of those weird things. He's like, how's he not made it to the onto a European Ryder Cup team? And I think it's just when he's been in form, it's not been a Ryder Cup year. But obviously, it is a Ryder Cup year this time round because of the move from the even number years because of COVID. Um, and he's now given himself a big chance, hasn't he? You know, he's had he's only had one other top ten uh, so far. Uh, that was at the Dubai Desert Classic. So. He's got a bit of work to do still, but he's now in position to do it, isn't he? He got up to 22nd in the world, or 21st in the world, I think, um, in 2019. So if he keeps pushing forward like that, he's going to get an automatic pick, isn't he? But there's going to be lots of people going for it and a lot of people you know, playing even harder than they, they do because they know the rewards of the Ryder Cup are, are just there in reach. So we'll have a look to see how that goes in the near future. Now it's time to talk about our sponsor tight list with the Pro V1 golf ball claiming seven worldwide wins this past week. First up, brand ambassador Bern Biesberger relied on a full bag of tight list equipment, including the new TSI 3 driver and Pro V1 golf ball to successfully defend his maiden Himmeland title with a five shot wire to wire victory in Denmark. Biesberger was joined in the winner's circle by fellow golf ball loyalist Jason Kokrak, who also had a Pro V1 in play as he captured his second PJ Tour title this season at the Charles Schwab Challenge. In addition to the American's success, the number one brand in golf was trusted by more players in the golf ball, driver, fairway, hybrid, utility iron, iron, wedge, and putter categories at Colonial last week. The brand capped off a fantastic week with wins on the LPGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, and at the PGA Tour Champions Second Major Championship of the Year. It also dominated in Asia, with Titleist Ambassadors winning in Japan, Korea, and China. And let's quickly talk about the senior PJ Tour champion, Alex Jecker, who is amazingly younger than the PJ champion, Phil Mickelson. Amazing that, isn't it? Yeah, that's an incredible statistic. And I can't see that ever happening again. I think Jecker is six months younger than Mickelson. So uh, there's a, a very close age gap there. But 
yeah, just incredible. And it once again highlights Mickelson's amazing success. It's ridiculous. I, I, every now and then I think about it, it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. And I know he, he played at the weekend and I know he didn't play particularly well. But he, I think in the first round he shot, he shot three over. And then someone was interviewing him and he goes, you know what, I didn't play that way. I shot three over. But you know what, I'm the PJ champion. He's <laughs> <laughs> going to be saying that every week from now on. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So uh, fair play to him. He can do what he wants uh, after that win. So um, let's look ahead to this week. The PJ Tour returns to Jack Nicholas's Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, this week for one of the best events on the calendar, the Memorial. John Rahm defends the title he won last year, which helped him reach the world number one spot for the first time. Rory McIlroy headlines the field along with Rahm, Thomas DeChambeau, Morikawa, Spieth, Matsuyama, Cantlay and many other big names. There are seven of the world's top ten playing. We'll see a new look, Muirfield Village as well. It's been lengthened by 153 yards. Uh, all the bunkers have been modified. Seven of the greens have been moved. Significant t- contour changes in 12 greens. Narrowed fairways and all tees, fairways and greens reconstructed with bent grass, irrigation and precision air systems, which means there's been a lot going on there, hasn't there? Yeah, I saw an image of it a couple of weeks ago and it looks absolutely spectacular. It's in that sort of... Over here, anyway, it's in that Adair Manor ilk where everything is just absolutely perfect. And I guess you'd compare it to Augusta as well, which I think is kind of the inspiration for the course. They've got the yellow pins. They, I think the caddies wear the same boiler suits. This is Jack Nicholas's version of the Masters and obviously got an unlimited budget. And yeah, it just looks absolutely spectacular. Uh, it's a shame that we can't play there because it's probably a very, very, very private club. But um Definitely one for the bucket list to go and play Mirfield Village. Yeah, it looks spectacular, doesn't it? And um should be a good tournament this week. A massive fit. I mean, really good level of field, haven't we? We've got really strong names. Seven of the world's top 10. Obviously, a lot of people trying to play this week. And then some of them, I'm sure, will take next week off ahead of the US Open. So straight away, Elliot, who do you like the look of? Um, I'll say Ram again. Defend, could he defend his title? I think... I was reading that Woods is the last guy to defend this title. Uh, he won it three times in a row from uh, the 90s to 2001, I think. Woods has won it eight times, of course. So, yeah, I'll go for Ram. He hasn't won this year, but he's too good not to win, isn't he? Yeah, he's obviously been going through things. He's had a, he's just become a dad for the first time uh, as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's all good. And uh, I, I'm going to just mention our boy, Mr. McElroy. You know, he's... He's been playing well, obviously, one not that long ago. He's 16 to 1. I think that's pretty decent odds, to be honest with you, for someone who's won quite as recent as him. John Rahm is the favourite. He's 10 to 1. He looks like you can get. And Spieth closely follows about 14 to 1. But as we say every week, we're not the tipsters here. And we do have a tipster, Jeremy Chapman, who his golf tips will be on our website very shortly. Uh, so do check them out at golfmonthly.com. Uh, or check out our social media at Golf Monthly on Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. He picked Spieth last week, so he's just missed out on getting another winner, but obviously more a bit more each-way money there. So um, his tips continue to do very well, so do have a look at who he's going to go for. Anyone else that you wanted to, to pick out from the field? Uh, no, I haven't had a full look yet. I'll, I'll wait for Jeremy's tips, but uh, yeah, just on Rory, like you said there, he can't play the par fives any worse than he did at the PGA. There was an amazing stat from Justin Ray. He said that McElroy was over par on the par fives for the third time in his PGA Tour career, which has spanned since 2010, over 10 years. And it just shows you how poor he was on the par fives. 
Um, so this is more Rory's golf, isn't it? Um, like Augusta, it's a ball strikers course, but without all the uh, complete rubbish if, if you miss, miss the fairway. So, um, yeah, it, it could be good for him. He played fantastic at Quail Hollow. He's um, still bedding in with his new coach. He's had a bit of time since the PGA, and he's never won this tournament. And, I mean, he's a member at the Bears Club, which Jack Nicklaus owns as well. So gets on very well with the Golden Bear and uh, would, would love to win this tournament. Yeah, I think he's he's been playing pretty well, hasn't he? Let's face it. And that Pete, I just can't believe how badly he played those par fives. Every time it was a par five, I said, oh, well, Rory's going to look here for a birdie. And then he'd spray his drive just so far left or right. It was ridiculous. And straight away, he was like, oh, he's on the defensive foot. You know, it's... It's um, no, it was frustrating, but he'll be more frustrated than us watching him. Um, he's just got to try and make sure he doesn't put too much pressure on. I think every time he get he stands on a tee of a par five, the pressure goes up a bit because people think like early time here. So um, let's hope he, he calms that down. Also this week we have the U.S. Women's Open. The Olympic Club in San Francisco hosts the 76th U.S. Women's Open, where A. Lim Kim defends the title she won last time out. The women's game has seen six consecutive first-time major winners and 12 of the last 15. Since 2008, the event has been won by a Korean on nine occasions. It has the largest purse in women's golf at $5.5 million and should be... I mean, the Olympic Club is a fantastic venue, isn't it? Yeah, site of Webb Simpson's 2012 US Open win. Site of the Birdman. Do you remember the Birdman? No. <laughs> I do. It was very funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he, you he, haven't he, seen that, just type it on YouTube. I, I tend to watch it probably three or four times a year. Every now and then, it's uh, yeah, very very funny. Yeah, it's, it's someone. Um, <laughs> if you if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, do check it out. It's uh, someone um, gets involved with prize giving who shouldn't have been there. So um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know the women's game has been going further and further. Hasn't it? It's just been the, the level of play is just getting better and better every time we we see them see them play uh i mean the olympic club will obviously be a tough test it will obviously be a test for these 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 girls but you know it's it's going to be good isn't it it's going to be a really exciting uh tournament i think yeah uh unfortunately for us it's, it's in that eight hour time zone difference so it's going to be a late one but yeah it's going to be um a great tournament you would think just that stat there that nine koreans have won this since 2008 it's absolutely incredible isn't it it's like just an amazing golfing country that just keep producing these major winners. Um, so yeah, that, that's just astounding. And um, you would have to make the Koreans favourite again this week, I guess, just looking at the stats. But um, the English game's really good at the moment. We've got Mel Reed, who's playing probably the best golf of her career. We'll actually chat to her on the podcast very soon as well. Um, Georgia Hall, Charlie Hull as well. So um, we're always looking out for the, the English ladies, aren't we? But um, the Americans are strong as well. Sophia Popov lost last week in, in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's sure to be a great week. Yeah, we, we, I know. We do always uh, look at the uh, English contingent and uh, there's some very exciting golfers there. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And you'll be pleased to know that we've also got Jeremy Chapman to do uh, some betting tips advice for the Women's Open as well. So do check them out. They'll be on our website, golfmonthly.com, in the very near future. And then moving finally, we're on to the Porsche 
European Open. Uh, Green Eagle in Hamburg once again hosts the Porsche European Open, which will be contested over just 54 holes and from Saturday to Monday this week. The late changes will be made after the German government's decision last week to place the United Kingdom on its travel red list. Paul Casey is back to defend the title along with the likes of world number 17, Abraham Anser, Henrik Stenson, Bern Wiesberger and Martin Keimer. And yes, this is going to be a bit odd. Now, they're starting on Saturday, finishing on Monday because of the issues that they've had around the government uh, over there, putting restrictions on where flights can come in and where people can come in from. So I think they've done well to get this going at all, haven't they? Yeah, uh, I was a bit surprised to see that, but I'm not quite sure what the decision is for. I don't know, maybe it's to give more people more time to get into the country, or I'm not sure if it's to exit the country or not. But um, yeah, my first thought was that's going to be quite exciting watching a bit of golf on Monday. Uh, we absolutely loved the Kenya Savannah Classic that finished on the Friday a couple of months ago. Um, and yeah, we'll, <laughs> I'll have the iPad on on Monday uh, on my desk watching the conclusion. Um, so yeah, it should be should be a good one. Yeah, exactly. And we've said this now the last couple of times, actually being playing in different time zones or in you know different days is something we think that some tours should do more of. It's very hard to compete against the big, big tours every weekend, where you know, if you if you're just going Thursday to Sunday uh, tournaments, you don't get a chance to get much coverage. Where um, I'm sure that event will get a lot of coverage. You know, the Euros haven't quite started yet, and things like that. So uh, I think there's a good opportunity for golf to get involved there. So um, uh, let's hope it's a cracking tournament because yeah. it sounds like they're having some issues, but there's a good feel there. Casey, their answer there as well. Uh, you know, some really good big names have been at the top of some very big leaderboards of, of recent time. So um, let's hope they have a great tournament and uh, the weather behaves for them and uh, everything goes goes well from how it's being organised. So, any any plans for the podcast for next week, Elliot? Yeah, we will be chatting to Mel Reid, as mentioned previously. Um, our writer Andy Wright caught up there recently. And um, yeah, Mel's one of the best voices in the women's game and, and she had some great insights to say there one last thing do check out the latest issue of golf monthly which was uh when i say last thursday it's a brand new look version of the magazine there's someone who i think you might be able to recognize on the front cover if i'm right in saying uh in the form of rory McIlroy. so do check out in uh your news, news agents or big supermarket or wherever you get your magazines from or you look at your magazines um do check it out because it's a really good looking new issue and uh, I'm sure you'll have great fun looking at it so uh, check it out until next week Elliot good chatting yeah thanks Tom no worries and uh, we'll speak to you all again next week bye bye